G'day folks and welcome to another episode of the Club Rugby Collective, your Queensland Premier Rugby podcast. My name is Brendan Sorsotel from Queensland Rugby Union and joining me today I've got two of the University of Queensland's finest, the Director of Rugby, Elton Berenger, and one of Premier Grade's top performers, Paddy Murray. Boys, how are we? Morning, Source. Good to be chatting to you this morning. Yeah, morning, Source. I'm well, mate. How are you? Not too bad, mate, all things considered. Now, guys, obviously, very strange times we're in at the moment with the COVID-19 scenario. Um, how are you guys managing to sort of stay uh, entertained and, and busy at the moment? Mate, I'm uh, still working pretty hard, um, trying to get out of the house as much as I can legally, of course, with, with work and what have you. Uh, and a bit of exercise, but uh, all things considered, not too bad. Yeah, well, uh, I'm I'm not in the same boat as Elton. Unfortunately, I'm not working at the moment. Um, I guess the way I'm trying to keep busy is uh, I've cleaned the house about 20 times and I'm ripped into the garden a bit. But um, same story with the exercise, just trying to keep um, fit and ready for when footy comes back, hopefully sooner rather than later. Nice. Well, obviously, you know, you guys are both in very sort of different uh, work scenarios at the second, and we're going to touch on that a little bit later. But but first up, the reason we wanted to get you guys on, on the pod was, uh, you know, the Red Heavies, you guys were sort of the first club to be, I suppose, um, directly affected here in Queensland with the uh, with the COVID-19 pandemic after playing down at Sydney Uni in the Australian Club Championship match. Um, Elton, do you just sort of want to walk us through the scenario and then obviously, um, you know, how you guys ended up in uh, two weeks of isolation after returning back to Brisbane? Yeah, mate, everything was uh, everything was fine when we, when we got back on the Sunday, you know, just a couple of banged up bodies and a few sore heads. And then uh, on Tuesday, the Tuesday after the, the game, um, we realised that one of the Sydney Uni players had tested positive. Um, so, yeah, a general manager, Jason, and, uh, you know, was liaising with his counterpart down in Sydney. And I guess re- we realised that the front row was going to have to go into isolation. That was kind of the first, first stage, and uh, that was when New South Wales Health were involved. And then, thankfully, the, uh, the Reds medical team got involved as well. So by the Wednesday, we realised that, uh, that anybody who'd attended the post-match function with the affected player was, uh, was better off going into isolation for the two weeks. Um, look, it's, uh, you know, it was two or three weeks ago, it was a different time for, um, for COVID-19. Like, it didn't, didn't seem that serious. Uh, as every week's gone on, we realised how serious this thing is. So, um, yeah, the two weeks felt pretty long when everyone else was still out and about having a, having a good time. Yeah, it's definitely been a fast-paced, um, you know, changing beast over the last few weeks. That's uh, that's definitely a very sort of accurate um, uh, look at, at how the situation is changing. Um, obviously, Paddy, for the players, um, when you guys heard this news initially, what was sort of the initial reaction from the guys in terms of, um, you know, just how serious things got so quickly? Well... I guess from a player's point of view, we were we were fed um, a lot of information early on where, like Elton said, the front row would just have to go into isolation and everyone else, you're good to go. Then um, over the next 24 hours from that, the situation kept changing until eventually it came to the point where everyone in the match day 23 and who attended the function, yeah, had to go into isolation for two weeks. Um, I guess from my perspective, I just moved back. So I just moved in a new place and um, being indoors for two weeks wasn't very appealing to me, apart from the fact that um, for those two weeks, I was actually the only one in my share house. 
But I guess um, from I guess from the players' point of view, a lot what the most naturally what most of the guys were concerned about was um, work because um, a lot of them were forced to take two weeks off, um, and a lot of them are guys with partners or living with parents, and we didn't know whether they had to they had to take two weeks as well. Um, my girlfriend, she's um, she works as a theatre nurse. And um, I, had to, I panicked a little bit because she's she well she's involved with sick people every day, and if I wasn't sure whether she'd have to go in as well, but thankfully she didn't. And my parents actually attended um, the game, but didn't attend the function, so I guess there was a narrow miss there as well. So yeah, mate, it was just it was just a lot of information really quickly, and um, like you said, source it was a changing beast. But I guess at the end of the day, yeah, those two weeks were slow, but. I, it was pretty necessary in the scheme of things because I, I personally was just sitting at home watching this thing get worse and worse and more people get sick and more people die whether here in Australia and overseas. So, yeah, it was pretty um, confronting. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely been confronting, mate. Um, very, very true. Um, I suppose, Eldon, from a club perspective, when you heard all the guys had to go into isolation from a communication point of view, um what did you guys sort of try to implement sort of from the get-go in terms of keeping the guys uh, engaged or, you know, how they can stay connected at home, um, I suppose, from a, you know, a mental health well-being point of view in terms of just sort of chatting with each other or whether there was things that you guys sent out for some at-home sort of training programs? Yeah, sure. Look, I think the first thing, you know, we talked about was that we had to deal in facts. You know, when any of these sort of situations arise, speculation can sometimes fill the gap, and, and we didn't want that to be the case. So we probably over-communicated to make sure that the guys are always armed, or you know, the guys and girls, I guess, at the club are always armed with facts. So um, all the coaches took it upon, or we asked all the coaches to reach out to their players individually during this time. You know, some of our group uh, have lost their jobs um, and, and struggling with that. So we, you know, between Mick and I, we've certainly made sure we've kept in contact uh, with our group, and we've asked the coaches to do exactly the same. Um, from an SNC perspective or a training perspective, Sam Harrison, our head of SNC, uh, gave the boys their, their GPS units and, uh, you know, still got competitions running <clears throat> to see, uh, you know, make sure we're monitoring their activity. Uh, I'm looking forward this week. I know Sam Wallace and Ferg Lillycrap have a bet to see who does the most high-speed leaders <laughs> and the most kilometres. And I, I believe the losers got a pretty uh, extraordinary dance coming on TikTok. So that'll inevitably be Ferg because Sam Wallace will just not allow himself to lose. He's probably still running from Monday. Um, But, yeah, mate, just communicating via a couple of groups. Uh, Pat Murray sends through some filthy stuff on some of our WhatsApp chats. Um, But that's how we sort of stay in touch. Fair enough. And I saw um, some of the guys got very creative um, in isolation. Um, You know, Jasper Mellish kicking around a toilet roll, but the Oats boys in particular got... uh, uh, very creative with, um, with I suppose, the, uh, the level of production they went to for a bit of uh, TikTok fun. <laughs> that's, that's right, yeah. So we've, we've tried, we're trying to keep them engaged. There's some good TikTok accounts out there to follow, mate. Uh, I know Nata was one that uh, dodged a bullet. A few of us saw his attempt at a, at a bit of dancing, and um, but he pulled it down pretty quick. But, yeah, the Oats boys uh, lead the charge, I guess. They're the, the true millennials in the group. Yeah, very true. Um, and I suppose when, when isolation sort of came to a close, you know, two weeks later, obviously, you know, the world had, had changed somewhat, um, like you guys said, in terms of sitting at home, watching things evolve. Um, 
actually what you were able to come out and do afterwards was sort of very different. So um, Paddy did to the boys sort of had to adjust a bit in terms of, um, you know, getting across all sort of the different uh, rules and regulations in place. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess the big ones was the reason, your reasons for going outside these days have to be very specific. Um, gone are the days where you can sort of just get a little group together and go chuck around the footy, um, which was something we thought we might be originally be able to do just to keep in touch, but very quickly changed to only groups of two if you're exercising. So I guess it's been a big adjustment in that sense, but we've like the play, obviously we've got a players chat as well. And, um, apart from the usual, like Elton said, filth that gets thrown around on there, some guys have been communicating with, or oh, Maybe and they're also teaming up to do a bit of exercise or a bit of weights training wherever they can. And um, I guess a big thing from a player perspective is that there's been a big effort to just stay connected and also encourage each other to get outside or as much as you can, stay as fit as you possibly can, and also if you can, just keep your skill, keep your position specific skill levels up. Like I know Tommy Mello gets out with his brother Sammy. They live together. He goes goes down and gets some throwing practice done. Um, I know the Oats boys do some kicking. And, um, yeah, it's just if, if, if you've got a skill that you need to work on, like now's probably a perf- now's the perfect time to work on it. If you've got some fitness, uh, if you want to get fitter, now's the perfect time to work on it. And it's just, yeah, it's just sort of readjusting to life, which is which everyone all over the world has had to do. And I suppose that's an interesting take on it. Um, you know, the way rugby works now, for a lot of guys, you go from the 15s club season into sevens and then you've barely got a break before you're straight back into training again mm. for the 15 season. So no one's ever really got a massive sort of chunk of time to try and work on things, whether that is, um, you know, honing individual mm. skills or trying to sort of do some sort of a fitness overhaul or, or something like that. Um, you know, at a mm. time when you were looking for positives amongst, um, mm. you know, all, all the, the pretty you know, hard stuff we're all going through, is that sort of a good way to, um, you know, look at this sort of time as, as a, you know, an opportunity to potentially change something about your rugby career, you know, your rugby play, um, hopefully for the better? Yeah, definitely. It's You've just got to make the best of a bad situation. Like, I guess from in my position, I've been carrying a bit of a groin injury since last year's NRC. And um, it's not obviously holding me back from playing, but it's been, it's been causing me a bit of distress for seven for probably six seven months now so right now i'm just obviously i'm obviously i'm not sitting on my ass waiting for it to heal but i'm just sort of running my own little rehab program and i'm actually really appreciating time off because i was running around with a few busted acs and a few niggles here and there so yeah i guess i guess like 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 you said it's just you can i'm, I'm definitely using this time for a bit of active recovery but also just working on a few things where i can that I definitely know I need to work on. So yeah, it's it's time you're not going to get back. So you might as well make something of it. No, very true, very true. Um, and I suppose Elton, from a a club point of view, obviously you know every one of the red heavies is going to be affected by this differently. Whether that's that's players or staff, mate. Um, you know how how challenging has it been, mate? I suppose to sort of 
you know, sit back as, um, you know, sort of someone at the, the top of that um, sort of staff perspective and, and, and look overarchingly at sort of how, how the whole playing cohort and staff as well have sort of been, um, you know, affected, whether that's potentially being stood down from your job or having reduced hours or having to move back in with the parents, you know, all that sort of stuff that people are having to deal with at the second. Yeah, I mean, uni is, you know, just, I guess, a microcosm of of the rest of society. So, you know, you, as I said before, we can, you know, we deal with facts, not speculation. I think that's important. You know, Um, we, you know, we still firmly believe, you know, working pretty hard behind the scenes that we will have a season this year. Now, that may or may not be the case, but we we should be behaving that way. Um, But yeah, mate, some of our guys and girls have have lost jobs. um, And, you know, we're supporting them as best we can, uh, whether that's, you know, just, you know, sort of a phone call or if need be, you know, using our network to try and find them additional work, which is challenging at the moment when, you know, all, most of us, most people are sacking people or standing down people, not, not hiring. But I guess you really find in these times, you know, what sort of people you've got and what sort of club you've got. And, you know, no different to what I expected. We're pretty proud of the, the response from everybody. Uh, I mean, I'd say nobody hasn't been affected. You know, we, we've all, you know, from the coaching group is all working from home and that provides an opportunity for us. You know, there's an opportunity to, to watch more footage. Um, you know, we, we're trying to upskill coaches through, uh, you know, giving them games to watch and then discussing those games afterwards. Um, but, yeah, mate, just, just making sure we're, we're empathetic to everyone's situation and supporting them as best we can where we can. Um, and you know, really importantly, this will pass, you know, uni, I mean, the world's obviously had some challenges before, but uni specifically, you know, uh, with, with Halley's tragedy, you know, we, we've been through adversity before and, you know, this, this will pass and we'll, we'll come through better for it. And I think from a whole club perspective and a whole competition perspective, the clubs that are working behind the scenes now, working hard on what's coming, um, being across the detail, uh, we'll hit the ground running. You know, I don't think it's likely that we'll have a full competition. So if we have a shortened version of the competition, we're going to have to make sure we're out of the blocks quickly. You know, you won't have two or three rounds to find your feet. And I suppose mm-hmm. that's um, sort of a hard way to look at it at the moment. You guys are sort of probably doing sort of different modelling as to um, what's likely to come. But I know, uh, you know, Jason, the, the GM, he's working pretty closely with, um, you know, the game development staff at, at QIU as to what's potentially down the track. Yeah, that's right. And, mate, I think, you know, the relationship between the clubs themselves and the, and the clubs and the QIU probably hasn't been much stronger than it is right now, you know. Um, so that'll be a benefit that comes out of this, you know, is that um, – Everyone's working together and, and working for the common cause of, of getting our game moving forward. And all the dramas that are happening at the top in the elite level, I reckon club rugby is going to come out of this stronger and better. And, and our players and, and our clubs are going to be pretty happy with the outcome eventually. If this is what it took to, to get there, so be it. Mm. Yeah, fingers crossed, mate, that um, that's definitely the case. And I think you touch on there the sort of the relationship that all of our clubs have um, for one with each other and, and working closely with, um, you know, people at the QAU, mate, it's definitely a great positive and a strength of our competition and it's, it is. it's hopefully something that's going to help us all, all get through this time. Um, I suppose, Paddy, from a player's perspective, mate, um, you're in a bit of a conundrum where 
you've just come back from a preseason down in, in Melbourne with the Rebels. Um, you know, mm. where you played some trial games and a few Melbourne A games, which is, uh, you know, great to see for you personally, mate. But with that, um, it's landed you in a pretty tough spot with work, having come back to Queensland, mate. Do you want to walk us through a little bit, mate? What's, um, you know, your personal situation is at the second? Yeah, I guess I'm in the same boat with I guess, a lot of, well, millions of other Australians that right now I'm unemployed. Um, as my time was coming to a close in Melbourne and there wasn't a contract on the table at the time, um, I was pretty proactive and just reached out to the uni network in Brisbane and I managed to line up a, line up a few good opportunities or potential opportunities for when I got back. And pretty much when I got off the plane, COVID was around, but it wasn't what it was now. And then when we got back from Sydney, sort of stepped off the plane and as and over the next two weeks in isolation, those opportunities just disappeared because of, well, everyone went into lockdown and this thing was just going bigger and bigger. And like I often said, people aren't looking to take more, aren't looking to take people on, they're standing people down. So, yeah, it's it was a, not, not going to lie, it was a pretty tough spot. I was just moved into a new place Um I didn't have any income and I was in a bit of a state where for a good good few weeks there I was definitely panicking, thinking what am I going to do? I had rent coming out of my bank account and obviously expenses. But yeah, and like, like I said, I feel like, like we talked about before, Source, um, I, I've, I've jumped in the line for Centrelink like hundreds of thousands and millions of other people as well. So hopefully that can... That can get me through this time if nothing comes up. But at the but, mate, I, I can't be picky with what's with where I want to work these days. Like I'm handing out resumes to Coles, Woolies, hospitals, just pretty much willing to get any, really to take anything. Because yeah, but I guess my situation is as bad as it as bad as I find it is is a lot better to than. A bunch, uh, a lot of my other friends, not just at UQ, but at other clubs as well. We were talking about Queensland Premier Rugby as a community. I've got mates at other clubs who they've lost their jobs and they're they're, this, they're their household income. They've got three, four, sometimes five kids, and they're panicking about okay, how how are we going to feed my family this week? So it's it's a bit it's been a big I guess wake up call. And it's given me a lot of perspective um, on definitely of things I definitely took for granted. Um, this is probably the first long stint of unemployment I've had since leaving uni. So, yeah, mate, um, it's, a, it's a tough time. But like Elton said, this will pass. And I'm lucky that with the network that UQ has, that once this does pass, I'm going to be okay. It's just about getting through it. No, mate, I can... Uh... I can definitely relate, mate. Um, you know, having worked in, in at QRU since I walked out of uni back in 2012, mate, I never thought I'd be walking into Woolies with um, mm. my resume printed out trying to get a night field job again. So it's, yeah. uh, it, it, I suppose it's a bit of a humbling experience in a sense, but, mm. you know, it's definitely right in terms of providing some perspective where, you know, you and I are in a similar boat, mate, where, you know, we don't have dependents yet and stuff like that. So we're not trying to, feed kids yeah, exactly and, and all that sort of stuff so it's uh it's you know we're, we're far better off than than a lot of other members of the mm. you know 
our Queensland Premier Rugby community, but yeah. you know the wider rugby community and, and the rest of Australia, which you know is a uh, you know it's it's a positive to look at it, things in that sort of a sense at a time when things are really tough. But um, Elton, from a work perspective, for you while you're still working, you've sort of really had to um, adjust what you're doing with your own business, mate. If you if you wouldn't mind walking us through a little bit about how you've had to uh, adjust a little bit in the last few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we've got businesses in sort of in the lending space and in hospitality and, um, you know, both those have been heavily affected like most industries, uh, you know, from a, from, from a lending point of view, we had a lot lined up, but banks have taken a, a pretty hard line approach and, you know, which is not a surprise, all things considered. So that's dried up quite quickly. And then hospitality, not, you know, having, having restaurants, it's when you can only do takeaway, that's a challenge in itself, how, you know, how you survive. So, yeah, we've had to stand down a lot of people, and that's that's really tough. You know, you're standing down people knowing that you're putting them in a compromised position. The, the, yeah, the other side of that is if we don't do that, there won't be a business to reopen post-COVID. So, uh, you know, once again, no different to our rugby community, our, you know, all our, our team members and employees, making sure we can support them as best we can, you know, chatting to their landlords, if need be, around, you know, what can we do to ensure they get rental support? Um, you know, we thankfully, the, the job keeper payments will uh, have helped us keep a lot of people on, more people on than we, we initially thought. Um, and the other thing that's been interesting in, in one of our venues or a collective of venues is how the local communities really got out there. So um, I won't speak to venues or anything like that, but really just the community, you know, we're getting a lot of people saying, Thank you for staying open. We'll continue to support you. And I think that's that's pretty brilliant. So once again, out of this really situation, sorry if I can't say that on the, the podcast source, but we'll come, you know, we'll come some positives. And, uh, you know, Patty touched on the things that we take for granted. And uh, I, I think, you know, when we are allowed out, when we are allowed to, to go into restaurants, I think there's going to be a lot of positivity, um, all this community engagement. We'll reap the rewards from these tough times. No, definitely. I think it's been um, interesting to see how different businesses have sort of adjusted and, you know, even the cafe down the road from me here in, in Nunda has sort of completely adjusted and done a little bit of a rehab on their front balcony. So they're purely takeaway. They've changed up their menu and they've sort of got their, their core staff still on and, um, you know, churning out coffees for the, the local community around here. But I suppose one of our clubs in Wests has actually um, – change their scenario as well where they're doing takeaway food for a few nights a week and I suppose uh, that's sort of servicing their rugby community in a sense as well in terms of mm-hmm. providing um, you know a bit of a community aspect where they can still sort of support the club and feel some sort of connection which has been that's positive it. to see. Yeah, I live just down the road from West and I've begrudgingly supported that because it's, it's a pretty good, <laughs> pretty good offer. Um, but yeah, mate, our backs are against the wall. You know, that's, that's the bottom line. Most of us, whether it's business or, you know, if, if we're self-employed or, you know, PAYG, whatever it is, our backs are against the wall. And what are you going to do, roll over? You know, you've got to just do, it, do the best you can. And, um, you know, Paddy, you've touched on how the players are all sort of keeping in touch from, from social, through social media, et cetera, during this time. Um, which is definitely um, a positive in terms of, um, I suppose, everyone's mental well-being. Elton, from a from a club point of view, mate, um, how special is it to see? Uh, I suppose the 
the connectiveness, if that's a full word, um, of, of the play, <laughs> of the playing group there at UQ, mate, um, during this time to sort of help support each other. Yeah, obviously great. It's, it's really, really good. You know, um, Mick and I were talking, I mean, there's, we're lamenting, you know, the fact that we've had this challenge with the season. Not that it's a big deal in the greater scheme of things, but mate, we've, we've got a particularly, uh, special group this year and uh, I don't mean that just on the field but off the field you know there's a <laughs> you coach enough you just get a certain chemistry that that is organic that uh, you know you, you put everything in place to try and create it and some years it just doesn't happen and some years it does so yeah we, we seem to have the right mix and I'm not surprised at all uh, that the group you know is doing it is reaching out you know this is a group that's full of leadership Mick and I won't have to take you know, won't have to be terribly coach driven this year. This is a player driven group. So a bit more maturity, particularly for a uni team. Uh, you know, even our captain, he's a weirdo, Sam Wallace, but he's our weirdo. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. So I am, I'm very proud and I'm, I'm really chuffed about it, but it's not a surprise at all. You know, you've got Pat, I don't know how many caps he's got now, but he's approaching three figures for sure. Um, Connor Vest come up from Sydney with three figures. You know, we've got a lot of guys with leadership, uh, a lot of guys with maturity. So, yeah, really hope we, we, we get a season so we can kind of put that on display. No, definitely, mate. It's going to be interesting to see how all the clubs um, come out of this in terms of how everyone's sort of uh, tried to keep fit during it. Um, I suppose, Paddy, from a player point of view, well, the Prem grade guys are often sort of self-sufficient or you guys sort of get support from your S&C coaches, etc. Um, you know, mm. for some of the guys in the lower grades at different clubs or for guys at country rugby clubs that don't necessarily get that same level of support, um, mate, what would be some of the, the key tips, mate, that you'd be given to uh, to players uh, in terms of trying to stay, stay fit during this time? What sort of some of the key things that they could be working on? Yeah, funny you should mention that. I was actually talking to a friend of mine up in Cairns who plays club rugby up there. And naturally, their season's all bombed out as well um, for the moment. Hopefully, something gets back on the road later in the year, but we'll wait and see. And yeah, just basically, well, I, I just basically told him what I was doing because I'm, I'm doing it all by myself at the moment. Um, it's like... Pretty, pretty basic. You just get out there, you find a patch of grass and you just go for it, go for a run. Um, you just really, it's just more, it's more the mental side of things, Source. Like, because there's, there's a chance, there's a very real chance we won't play rugby this year. But if you just accept that and go, oh, well, shit, what's the point? Well, that's not the attitude. That's not a winning attitude at all. So it's more about accepting your situation. Okay. We don't know what's going to happen, and that's that sucks. But it's more about getting out there, doing something. And if we're talking about we've mentioned mental health a couple of times here, like in isolation, mate. When I couldn't get outside, I was going nuts. I'm not going to lie. And just the fa- even even if it's just getting, even though we're only allowed out to exercise once a day, just just getting outdoors, going for a run. I just feel, I just feel mentally so much better and so much more refreshed. And I find I can tackle the days a lot better as well. So that that's what I told him. I was like, like I know it's a tough situation, especially that is in country in country rugby or where club, your club isn't you, you don't have the same support as a Queensland Premier Rugby Club. But if anything, if you're not doing it for rugby, just get outside, exercise for yourself, just because it puts you in a much better mental space. 
So yeah, that's that's just my two cents that I gave to him, and I guess that's my two cents here. No, mate, a very good point. And I suppose, mate, you know, you mentioned Cairns there, mate. That's obviously where you're from, mate. How's um, mm. how, I suppose from uh, for a lot of people within our, our competition, mate, they're very much sort of southeast Queensland based. Um, mm. What have you sort of seen, mate, in terms of the impacts of the the COVID nineteen pandemic um, for your family and friends up north, mate? How have, uh, how's it sort of affected them? Yeah, so Cairns, um, Cairns, obviously, just they they pretty much same as everywhere. Just started batting down the hatches. My old man, um, he's a doctor up there, and he just said the amount of preparation they're doing, and also the amount of work they're churning through, just to prepare for if this thing really does take off, which hopefully it does, and hopefully the work we are doing and start of flattening the curve pays off, but. I talk to him every now and again, obviously talk to him a lot and just the sound of exhaustion, especially not just in him, but in all healthcare workers about the, about the amount of work they're churning through. Um, yeah. And it's just, there's obviously a really, really big fear that it will go past Cairns and into the Cape where they've completely locked it off. Cause the last thing you want is this, this thing tearing through indigenous communities. So I guess, um, I guess from my perspective, from just talking to people up there, every, every, they're in the same boat as us, mate. Like we, we don't we don't know what the future holds. We're doing uh, people seem to be doing the right thing. We seem to be flattening this thing, but we saw how quickly it took off, and it can do that again. Like that's the honest truth. If we slacken up a little bit, it will just take off again. And speaking to my old man about that, I think that's just the big message he wants to get out there to people. So. Yeah, just stay indoors, do the right thing, and just yeah, don't be a d- um, fair point. Fair point, um, <laughs> mate. In terms of the, um, in terms of the, I suppose the community up there, mate. Has have your parents or your friends sort of made any observations in terms of, I suppose, um, the community sort of struggling to actually, you know, accept how. Yeah, well, Kansas, yeah, yeah, Kansas' economy relies on tourism almost. So, and I've got a lot of family, friends, and just some people my age who are mates with who work in hospitality out there, work in the tourism industry. And mate, there's nothing at the moment. So I think that's that was a big, that was a big, um, that's a big reality out there that that what a big part of their economy is just completely vanished this year. So. Yeah, they're doing it. Everyone's doing it. Like Elton said, backs against the wall, everyone's doing it tough. So, yeah, it's just – I'm not sure I'm not sure how to particularly describe it because it's just it's – a, it's a, it can't normally thrive in with life and apparently it's just a ghost town now and that's reality, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I was just sort of interested because, I mean, you know, well, my parents are on the Sunshine Coast. It's only an hour north of Brisbane, but I think people can sort of get stuck in their own little bubble when you live in a, in a regional area, whether that's you know Sunshine Coast, Townsville, Cairns, anywhere. And if if you don't really get outside that bubble, you can sort of be, um, I suppose, desensitised to what's going on in the rest of the world. And- yeah, there, there definitely was a bit. Uh, there definitely was a bit of that. Just talking to a few of my mates, I remember. Talked to one of my mates who's Sparky's. It's like, why? So, and he was like, why? Why can't you go outdoors? And I was telling him about how I was how I was in isolation. And he said, oh, so you can't even outdoors. And just trying to explain to him what this thing was. And he, just, I guess, there was a bit more of a relaxed attitude about it. Mm-hmm. But as soon as as soon as 
they shut down, pretty much shut down the tourism industry. Everyone stood up and took notice up there. So, yeah. Yeah, I know there was a couple of weekends ago, um, my dad's a volunteer surf lifesaver at Malulaba. He's a patrol captain there. And, you know, he had a run-in with a group of 30 or so swimmers that were all together in one big massive mm. group and he's trying to ask them to disperse and, and move on um, from a public health point of view and, and had, uh, you know, when I say an older gentleman, um, someone mm. who's probably like a retiree or something like that gets stuck into him. Um, well, mm. the next weekend, the same group came back to the beach and yeah. the police were at the beach monitoring what everyone was doing. You know, and we've seen this down at the Gold yeah. Coast where, um, you know, the mayor down there is having to shut some of the main beaches because people aren't uh, adhering to... Uh, the regulations that are being put in place. So, I mean, we can't implore people um, no. enough to actually, you know, pay attention to what the government's saying, um, yeah. you know, potentially watch the news, stay informed, and actually if everyone sort of pitches in and does their yeah. bit for a, a couple of months, then hopefully we can all return back to some sort of normality. But yeah. It's easy when you're not in the thick of it. Like we are, I guess, in Brisbane. When you're not in the thick of this thing, it's easy to just dismiss it. I don't, I don't think cancer's more than 20-something cases. I could be even wrong. I can't exactly throw you an exact figure. But when, you don't have, when you're not in the thick of it, it's easy to just dismiss it. Like I think people, like some regional communities might do or even some communities on the coast. So I do understand, I do understand it because I probably do this. To be honest, I'd probably do the same thing if I was up in Cairns right now. But... I guess that's the point of the law enforcement that's happening right now, just to really pull everyone pull everyone back in line and just make people understand how serious this is. Yeah, very true. Very true. Well, gents, let's uh, let's finish on a more positive note. Um, <laughs> so, Patty uh, Elton tells me, mate, that you're a bit of a movie buff. So, mate, have you any uh, potential suggestions for folks at home, mate, to get stuck into uh, while they're looking to keep entertained? Yeah, um, well, I just I finished Tiger King the other day, which I thought was unreal. I can't really believe people like that exist, and it was really entertaining. Terrible, terrible treatment, terrible animal treatments, but yeah, it was unreal. Um, I guess in terms of movies, I watched this. Um, it's a bit, it's a bit different, but it's a Spanish horror film called The Platform. It was this really cool idea, and I really, it's on Netflix, and I suggest everyone to check it out if you're looking for a good horror movie. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And uh, Elton, mate, um, have you been getting stuck into any TV shows, movies, anything like that over the last few weeks, mate? Yeah, mate. I uh, more the the two weeks of isolation, I I managed to finish a few bits and pieces that I've sort of been enjoying. But um, I watched Coffee and Kareem on Netflix yesterday, mm. and uh, I'm not quite sure how that young man got to speak the way he did. But geez, it was funny. Um, he's a young kid and he's got the filthiest mouth I've ever heard. But yeah, um, for, for 90 minutes of, uh, you know, entertainment that you don't really have to think too hard, I'd, I'd say coffee and cream is pretty, pretty good. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Tiger King seems to be a, a popular one for, for everyone at the moment. Uh, I wish that myself got stuck into it. It was very good. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to be, that's a, that'll be a great theme for East Club Night in the future. Hey, it's already been spoken <laughs> about, mate. There's memes out there. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about doing a Tiger King version of Hospital Challenge Cup V as well. Jay Bore and I in a, in a costume. Um, Who's Carol Baskin, mate? <laughs> that, that could be Jay Bore. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, I've been loving the fact that uh, Netflix has brought back community 
I haven't watched that since yeah, like 2013, so I'm getting oh, stuck back mate. into that. Oof. Yeah, absolutely love that. What's the Spanish I'm still... name in that? He's brilliant. Uh, Mr. Chang. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still got my fingers crossed that some sort of former streaming service puts on seasons three to thirteen of The Simpsons, the classics. But mate, we'll just wait and see. <laughs> I like that you're referring to The Simpsons as the classics, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, the classic episodes. Yeah. Film connoisseur. For That's sure. Right. <laughs> All right, gents. Well, thanks very much for joining us this morning, boys. It's definitely been um, a good chat and uh, good to get sort of some insights into how you guys are, are managing the scenario. So um, thanks for giving up your time, guys, and um, providing our, our QPR fans with uh, hopefully a bit of entertainment over the, the audio waves. Thanks, Sauce. Thanks for the chat this morning. Paddy, you have a good uh, good Easter weekend, mate. No worries. Cheers, Sauce, and thank you, Elton. You too, mate. All right, mate. See ya. Nah, thanks, folks. Very, very thankful for your time once again, and uh, happy Easter to everyone out there in the QPR family, and uh, we'll touch base again next week. Cheers, folks. <laughs> <laughs>